Hello, Dave. Hello, Ethan. It's your dear old friend Santa Claus, and I'm here to tell you that I have gotten into the Christmas spirits. The spirits. The one spirit. I'm in the Christmas spirit, and I'm here to read you and all the 2,000-inch community a classic Christmas tale called The Night. Nope, nope. <laughs> Not The Night Santa went crazy. That's a different one. How the Frank Stole Christmas. It's by Chris, the cartoon-loving geek from Canada, Sierra. And oh, it's a real classic. Every inch down in Inchville liked Christmas a lot, but the Frank who lived just north of Inchville did not. The Frank hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. You're welcome to ask why, but who cares about the reason. They say it could be that he was working too long, or perhaps that everything he kept doing was wrong. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was 2,000 inches too small. But just like Dickens Scrooge and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, he spent Christmas hating each and every inch, staring at his window with a sour Frankie frown, at the warm-lighted windows in their quaint little town, for he knew every inch down an inchville beneath was busy making garland out of slightly used teeth. And they're hanging their stockings. He snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It fills me with fear. Then he growled with his frank fingers nervously drumming. I must find a way to keep Christmas from coming. For tomorrow he knew all the inch boys and girls would rush to their presence like a pack of rabid squirrels. And the noise, all the ear-splitting noise from listening to those inch kids playing with their toys. Every sound, every toy would cause his ears pain. It was enough to drive this little intern insane. And then the inches, young and old, would sit down to a feast, eating everything in sight like a pack of wild beasts. They would they would feast on Twinkie Wieners and oddly shaped tofu with some Rocky Road ice cream and a ding-dong or two. But Frank hated this food. He would not eat one bit. He'd rather dine in a dumpster than eat all that poop. Nevertheless, the one thing he hated most of all involved every last inch from the tall to the small. They would stand in a circle with their cell phones a-ringing, standing side by side, and you guessed it, singing. And they'd sing, and they'd sing, and they'd sing, and they'd sing, singing for hours like a, a bunch of dinglings. And the more the Frank thought of this Christmas happening, the more the Frank thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why, for several long years, I put up with it now. I must stop this weirdness from coming, but how? Then he got an idea, an awful idea that Frank got a surprisingly awful idea. I know what I'll do. The Frank hacked in his throat. I'll make a cheap Sandy Claus hat and a coat. He cackled and laughed. What a rotten, lousy trick with this coat and this hat. I'll look just like Saint Nick. All I need is a reindeer. The Frank looked around, but since reindeer are endangered, there were none to be found. Did that stop the Frank? Why, no. He grabbed his gut and then yelled, Rover, get over here, you lazy monster. But so he took his dog, Rover, who was trying to escape, and tied a fake antler on with some convenient duct tape. Then he loaded some bags into his broken-down jeep while Rover grumbled at his master, the creep. Then he gave it some gas, and the jeep started down toward the homes where the inches lay a snooze in their town. All their windows were dark. Quiet snow filled the air. The inches were all dreaming and snoring like a bear. No one in the town even knew he was there when he came to the first little condo on the square. Let's get a move on, said old Frank Claus, he hissed, as he climbed up the roof with empty bags in his fists. Then he slid down the chimney as his body did twerk, but if Santa could do it, then so could this jerk. His butt was now stuck for over an hour or two. I should have joined Weight Watchers, he said with a boo-hoo. He eventually got out, and he knew what to do as he stuck his head out of the fireplace flue.
where the little-inch stockings are hung in a row. These stockings, he franked, leave em be? Heck no. Then he slithered and slimed with a smile most unpleasant around the whole room and took every last present, spatulas, hamsters, waffles, a new duck, mission statements, tacky clothes, and a fancy new truck. He stuffed them into his bags, and then the Frank, not so nimbly, shoved them all one by one back up the chimney. Then he zipped to the icebox and took the inch feast. He took the Twinkie Wieners. He left the baking soda, at least. He cleaned out that icebox and then yelled, Huzzah! The Frank even took the last pack of bologna. He threw all the food up the chimney with glee. And now, said the Frank, I'll get rid of the tree. But as the Frank took the tree and started to push, he heard a loud rustling from a small holly bush. He turned around fast and he saw Dave and Ethan. They'd both been awakened by this festive-looking cretin. The Frank had been caught by these tiny podcasters. When it came to Weird Al, these two were the masters. They stared at the Frank and said, Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our tree? Why? The Frank stood in fear, not knowing what to say. Oh, how he wished these two fellows would just go away. But you know that old Frank was so smart and so slick. Yeah, right. He thought of a lie and he thought it up quick. Why, my dear little friends, the fake Santa Claus lied. I hate to tell you this, but I know that you tried. And uh, well, this tree you both have, my goodness, it's lame. That's why I'm going to get you a better one to claim. So I'm taking this ugly one and burning it with cheer. And I'll get a better one and I'll bring it back here. Now be good little boys and go back to bed and make sure that your poodle's been properly fed. And his fib fooled them both. Oh, please. He patted their heads, then he got them some juice, and they went back to their beds, and when Dave and Ethan were in bed with their cup, he took the inches tree and shoved it right up, and the last thing he left was a turd in the fire. Then he climbed up the chimney himself, the old liar. He laughed maniacally as he climbed higher and higher on the walls. He left nothing but some hooks and some wires, and the one speck of food that he left on their mat was a crumb that wouldn't even feed a small rat, and the Frank left surprises for all the inch houses. One house got all of his ex-wife's stained blouses. It was quarter past dawn. All the inches were asleep as he packed up his load to the back of his jeep. He packed up the gifts, the food, and the trees, while Rover chewed up the interior with ease, several feet up along the side of Mount Gumpet. He rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-poo to the inches. He was eerily humming. They're finding out now their Christmas ain't coming. They're waking up now. I know just what they'll say. Their jaws will hang low in a funny sort of way. They'll be sad and so weary with melancholy concern. And loudly they'll all yell, You rotten lousy intern! That's a sound, said the Frank, that I simply must hear. So he paused, and then he put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a song rising up from the snow. It started in low and then began to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. In fact, it was merry. Pleasant to the ears, to the Frank, it seemed scary. He stared down at Inchville. Then the Frank popped his eyes. What he saw was a very shocking surprise. Every inch down in Inchville, the small and the tall were playing polka music down by the local mall. They sang and they sang with no presence at all, all happy and cheerful and having a ball. The Frank hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow in his eyes. It seemed kind of lame. And the Frank, with his loafers, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzled and puzzling. 
How the heck is this so? It came without a clearance. It came without a sale. They should all be angry, like a convict in jail. He puzzled, and he puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Frank thought of something he hadn't thought of before. Maybe, perhaps, he thought, I could be something more. If I would just stop slamming my fingers in a door. I know that's not the moral of the story, but come on, it's it's close enough for a complex allegory. So anyway, what happened? Well, in Inchville, they say that... Uh, that Frank's small heart, well, it remained exactly the same, and he felt no shame, and he received no fame. Hey, what do you expect from an idea so lame? And then all of a sudden, the cops surrounded the Frank. They caught him and cuffed him by the edge of the cliff bank. But how did the cops know that he had done all of this? Well, Dave and Ethan tipped them off. I think that's quite obvious. And the inches down in Inchville, they had all their stuff returned, while some much-needed prison time was given to the intern. So now Dave and Ethan are left with no intern. And to be quite honest, I don't think that's a concern. So to all of you weirdos, have a great Christmas day and don't worry about the Frank. They'll let him out someday, probably in like 27 years. Uh, uh, oh, and by the way, uh, just in case you were wondering, the moral of the story is uh, don't uh, don't drive down the freeway with with uh, with rabid wolverines in your underpants. So happy, merry Christmas, happy holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, the, the festive Yuletide. Bye bye. Bye-bye.